All right, we're ready to go. February 28, Daniel 4, and we're ready to rock and roll. So last week, at the end of Daniel 3, as you recall, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego survived the execution furnace with the uh, the pre-incarnate Christ being seen in the oven with them. Uh, King Nebuchadnezzar notices a fourth person there in there who's like a son of the gods. And of course, we talked about the fact that we suspect that that was the pre-incarnate Jesus Christ uh, in there uh, with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And of course, they come out of the oven at the invitation of King Nebuchadnezzar. Not only are they not even singed uh, or burned, but they don't even smell smoky, you know, which is an amazing, amazing thing. So let me just go back a little bit and let's recall King Nebuchadnezzar's reaction to all this. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, now this is verse uh, 28 in uh, chapter 3. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and here he goes again. He just loves this. They'll be torn limb from limb, and their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. And uh, remember, we talked about the fact that it seemed like it was out of order, tearing people limb from limb and then burning down their houses or reducing their houses into heaps of rubble. But as we explored that a little bit, we realized that uh, King Nebuchadnezzar was doing his own cancel culture there. Not only was he uh, destroying uh, the people who offended him, but he destroyed their families. So he, he took away their homes and perhaps some of them died in the process. We don't know, but he removed their histories by reducing their homes and their histories to rubble. So uh, a very uh, vindictive, evil scoundrel, but shrewd and highly intelligent, this King Nebuchadnezzar. All right, so now as we, uh, as we look at Daniel chapter 4, a time period has gone by, about 30 years. So from the end of Daniel 3 to the beginning of Daniel 4, there is a period of about 30 years that expires there. So Daniel and his friends are now you know, middle-aged men. And from the lack of any other details, uh, we assume they're performing very well in their high offices because they're uh, still there, still in their um, uh, promotions, in their roles given by King Nebuchadnezzar. But at this 30-year marker, uh, life takes a drastic turn for the worse for King Nebuchadnezzar. 
And I guess you could look at it in two ways. It's a double-edged sword. In one way, it's worse. In the other way, uh, it's an it, it, it paves the way for an amazing transformation. So what happens? 30 years or so after the first dream, remember ne King Nebuchadnezzar, that first dream that, that Daniel uh, interpreted? He has another dream, one needing Daniel's specialized God giftings, just like 30 years ago. So here's what happens as we begin Daniel 4. Again, about 30 years after the end of, of Daniel chapter 3. King Nebuchadnezzar sent this message to the people of every race and nation and language throughout the world. And that means throughout his known world, which would be the Babylonian Empire. Oh. Peace and prosperity to you. I want you all to know about the miraculous signs and wonders the Most High God has performed for me. How great are his signs, how powerful his wonders. His kingdom will last forever, his rule through all generations. You may be saying, you're kidding me. This is King Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. And, and as we have learned, King Nebuchadnezzar really spiritually and in all other ways, he's a mixed bag. He's a, a study in dynamic tensions. On the one hand, he's a polytheist, uh, believing in many gods, the chief probably being Bel, also known as Marduk, not Marmaduke, but Marduk. And yet King Nebuchadnezzar acknowledges at the same time, even with all these other gods he believes in, he acknowledged that Daniel's god, Yahweh, is the most high God. He's, he's the God of all gods. So he, King Nebuchadnezzar gets it in one way, but he's not getting it in, in another way. He never arrives at this point at the truth of a monotheistic understanding. He keeps his, his hand with these other multitudes of, of gods, whoever they may be. And, and yet he, he sees Yahweh as being supreme, more powerful than all the other gods, uh, perhaps combined. So why this letter? Why is Nebuchadnezzar sending this letter throughout the Babylonian Empire? Well, we can only theorize because we're not told specifically, but here, here are my thoughts. And again, these are my thoughts, so don't take them as absolute truth. They're simply my thoughts about it after doing some research and, and thinking through it. I think that this dream scared Nebuchadnezzar so much that I think he may have hoped that his phony wise men would come up with an acceptable interpretation or somebody in the kingdom would, knowing perhaps that if he goes back to Daniel, he's going to learn what the ugly truth is and the truth may not be what he's looking for. So I'm, I'm thinking perhaps he's hoping against hope. Somebody in the kingdom is going to give him a read that will be a positive one for him. But as we're going to see, nobody can, uh, can do that. Nobody in, in the entire empire. So he, he sends this letter throughout uh, the Babylonian empire. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was living in my palace in comfort and prosperity. This is verse four now heading into verse five. But one night I had a dream 
that frightened me. I saw visions that terrified me as I lay in my bed. So I issued an order calling in all the wise men of Babylon so they could tell me what my dream meant. And when all the magicians, enchanters, astrologers, and fortune tellers came in, I told them the dream, but they could not tell me what it meant. At last, Daniel came in before me, and I told him the dream. He was named Beltazazar, after my God, the spirit of the holy gods is in him. And I said to him, Beltazazar, chief of magicians, I know that the spirit of the holy gods is in you and that no mystery is too great for you to solve. Now tell me what my dream means. While I was lying in my bed, this is what I dreamed. I saw a large tree in the middle of the earth. The tree grew very tall and strong, <clears throat> reaching high into the heavens for all the world to see. It had fresh leaves, and it was loaded with fruit for all to eat. Wild animals lived in its shades, and birds nested in its branches. All the world was fed from this tree. Then as I lay there dreaming, I saw a messenger, a holy one, coming down from heaven. And the messenger shouted, cut down the tree and lop off its branches, shake off its leaves and scatter its fruit. Chase the wild animals from its shade and the birds from its branches. But leave the stump and the roots in the ground, bound with a band of iron and bronze and surrounded by tender grass. Now let them be drenched with the dew of heaven and let him live with the wild animals among the plants of the field. For seven periods of time, let him have the mind of a wild animal instead of the mind of a human. For this has been decreed by the messengers, it is commanded by the holy ones, so that everyone may know that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world. He gives them to anyone he chooses, even to the lowliest people. All right, now let's pick out a few key things here before we get into Daniel's interpretation of the dream. Verse 8 indicates that a period of time had elapsed before Daniel appeared before the king. Verse 8 says, finally, and depending on what translation you're, you're looking at, it says, finally, or after a, a long time, Daniel came in before me. So it appears that Daniel was not in that first wave of wise men, magicians, enchanters, astrologers, astronomers, etc., that had come to the king or that he had summoned. He wasn't among them. So it's probably natural that he would not have been in this first group. Why? Probably because he was such in a high position right now that he wouldn't have been a personal counselor to the king at this point. He had been elevated up, way up in the government uh, circles as a very high official. And it's probable that he was just doing his job when, uh, when this first wave of wise men came in to hear about Nebuchadnezzar's dream. All right, verse, um, verse 18 
Beltagazar. That was the dream that I, King Nebuchadnezzar, had. Now tell me what it means, for none of the wise men of my kingdom can do so. But you can tell me because the spirit of the holy gods is in you. By the way, let me let me stop parenthetically. Uh, Janetta texted me a question this past week, and it was a really good question. And it was basically, how come Daniel is known by Daniel throughout this book while his Babylonian name, his Gentile name, was Belteshazzar. Was it just because he's writing the book and he chose the name Daniel? It is a very good question, and the, the quick answer is that twice in the book of Daniel, he is referred to by officials, one of them being King Nebuchadnezzar himself, he's referred to as Daniel. And so I think there was, remember, there was an interesting relationship built between Daniel and Nebuchadnezzar. And even though at this point, throughout these 30 years after uh, uh, Daniel 3, the events of Daniel 3, uh, there's probably not a lot of connection going on between Daniel and the king, but the king still ironically respects Daniel because he was able to do this. And so I think uh, the king referring to him by his Hebrew name, as well as his Babylonian name, is a, a sense of, of, of uh, Nebuchadnezzar honoring Daniel by still honoring his Jewishness. So uh, I think that plays into it. And later on, we're going to see, I think it's in Daniel 7, that uh, there's a woman of, of great prominence and power that refers to, to, uh, to Daniel by his Hebrew name as well. So anyway, that's, that's an answer to a really, really good question. So I know Janetta isn't here, but she's maybe listening on the recording. So good question, Janetta. Keep them coming. All right, let's come back. So Daniel finally appears before the king. And uh, the king says, uh, Peltage, uh, hang on just a minute, please. Okay, I'm getting uh, texts from the radio station here, sorry. All right, uh, verse 18. Beltagazar, that was the dream that I, King Nebuchadnezzar, had. Now tell me what it means, for none of these wise men of my kingdom can do so, but you can tell me, because the spirit of the holy gods is in you. Notice that uh, King Nebuchadnezzar is still using his polytheism, but in all that, he's getting it partly right. He knows that Daniel is dialed in to the truth, and so Dan he's relieved that Daniel finally comes before him because he has the utmost confidence uh, because of Daniel's relationship with the true God that Daniel will be, will be able to give him the meaning of this dream that, that terrified Nebuchadnezzar so much. All right, the fact that Nebuchadnezzar was dreaming about a huge, strong, tall tree is really interesting because he had a frame of reference for this. I don't know about you, but are, are there, and I don't remember all my dreams. I only remember some of them. Um, but oftentimes they relate to things I've been thinking about or things that I've seen recently. And so this is what happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. He was dreaming about this huge, 
strong tree. And the, the interesting part of that is King Nebuchadnezzar had traveled uh, to Lebanon and he was having uh, these strong cedar trees of Lebanon cut down for some of his uh, work projects, some of his construction projects in Babylon. So this may have been sticking in Nebuchadnezzar's mind, and God is using this to uh, speak to him. So Nebuchadnezzar has a frame of reference for huge, strong trees in terms of the strong trees, the, the cedars of, of Lebanon. So he understood, he understood, Nebuchadnezzar understands the strength and, and the majesty of those trees like the one in the dream. All right, verse 19. Upon hearing this, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, remember Bel is the name for Nebuchadnezzar's chief god, probably also known as Marduk, and he intentionally named Daniel that way to attach the god, uh, the main god of, of the Babylonian empire to Daniel to try to do away with his Jewishness. But what's interesting here, again, going back to Janetta's question here, is that Nebuchadnezzar honors Daniel here by using both his names, his Hebrew name, as well as his Babylonian name. So he says, upon hearing this, Daniel, also known as Belteshazzar, was overcome for a time, frightened by the meaning of the dream. Then the king said to him, Belteshazzar, don't be alarmed by the dream and what it means. And Belteshazzar, Daniel, replied, this is really interesting. I wish the events foreshadowed in this dream would happen to your enemies, my Lord, and not to you. The tree you saw growing was very tall and strong, reaching high into the heavens for all the world to see. It had uh, fresh green leaves and was loaded with fruit for all to eat. Wild animals lived in its shade and the birds nested in its branches. That tree, your majesty, is you. For you have grown strong and great. Your greatness reaches up to heaven and you rule to the ends of the earth. Verse 23. Then you saw a messenger, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, cut down the tree and destroy it but leave the stump and the roots in the ground bound with a band of iron and bronze and surrounded by tender grass. Let him be drenched with the dew of heaven. Let him live with the animals of the field for seven periods of time. This, verse 24, this is what your dreams mean, your majesty, and what the Most High has declared will happen to my Lord the King. You will be driven from human society, and you will live in the fields with the wild animals. You will eat grass like a cow. You will be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven periods of time will pass while you live this way until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives to them to anyone he chooses. But the stump and the roots of the tree were left in the ground. That means you will receive your kingdom back again when you have learned that heaven rules. 
So note, note first Daniel's reluctance to interpret this dream. He knows full well at this point what God meant with this dream. Notice there's no joy in Daniel's narrative. There's no, yeah, told you so, or listen, bozo, you had it coming anyway. There's no disrespect here. There's no I told you so-ism. Daniel is genuinely reluctant to give this really bad information to his king, this man he's built a relationship with. And I want to underscore this issue of relationship. I believe today that one of the strongest ways we can be a witness to others is not so much by our words, because people are bombarded by words and podcasts and radio shows and and every, every internet broadcasting, you name it, uh, somebody's going to get to you with some kind of a word. But it's when there's a relationship that's built and uh, John is calling in. Hang on just a minute. I want to make sure that uh, I get him in here. Hang on. All right, John, you should be on. Uh, can you hear us? Yes, sir. Okay, very good, John. All right, just want to make sure you're there. Okay, so I'm fascinated by the way that Daniel uses the relationship he has with King Nebuchadnezzar to deliver this news. He does not deliver it in a mocking way. He doesn't deliver it in a judgmental way. He doesn't deliver it in a hateful way. He delivers it in the way a trusted friend would bring bad news. And I think that's very interesting. And I think it's a model for us today that we need to be, and again, going back to 1 Peter 2.12, I won't quote it. I've quoted it ad infinitum over the years. And I know, I know you're aware of it, but other people are watching. And so how we respond as best we can without hypocrisy, without uh, hateful overtones, but just being truthful while being full of grace, like Jesus is full of grace with us, we can deliver these kind of messages and they'll land with God's voice attached to it versus our anger or our frustration, whatever it might be. And that's what Daniel's modeling here. And I, I just think it's a wonderful lesson for us to learn and, 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 and model. All right, so the king, although remember he had taken Daniel captive so many years ago, also treats him well. Remember, he gave Daniel the best education you could get in the Babylonian Empire. And, and their science and, and their uh, laws and letters of education were... Uh, were some of the best. I mean, this was a highly educated society. He gave him the best vegetable diet. Now, there's a contradiction in terms for me, the best vegetable diet. I don't know how you have a best vegetable diet without meat in it, but, you know, that's my bias. So anyway, remember that Daniel and, and his uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could not eat this wonderful food that 
the king was providing them during their education period because it violated Hebrew law. And so all they could do basically was eat vegetables. So King Nebuchadnezzar made sure they had the best vegetables there were uh, in order to eat. And if you remember during that, that three-year training period for Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were given five-star accommodations. They weren't they weren't put up in, in Nebuchadnezzar's Motel 6 along the roadway. They were in the best five-star accommodations that King Nebuchadnezzar could provide. And then after that, especially after the uh, interpretation of the dream, uh, Nebuchadnezzar elevated Daniel to great power and authority in the empire. So there's a very special relationship going on. Even though Nebuchadnezzar is not online yet, Yet, with Daniel's God, he has some respect in his limited understanding of who Yahweh is. He has respect for Daniel and the God that Daniel serves. And I think that respect came from that relationship, which is now uh, well over uh, 30 years old. All right, so Daniel's response, I think, was very sincere. And it was delivered with as much grace as Daniel could muster up. And he said, I wish the events foreshadowed in this dream would happen to your enemies, my Lord, not to you. And he's not shucking and jiving here, as, as we used to say when I was a cop. Uh, there's no baloney here. He's not tap dancing. He's not tap dancing at all. This is very sincere. Daniel is true to the interpretation, though. And, and although he's true to the interpretation, he doesn't sugarcoat it and he doesn't tap dance around it. He gives it with truth and grace. This is what the dream means, your majesty. What the Most High has declared will happen to my Lord, the King. You'll be driven from human society. You will live in the fields and with the wild animals. You will eat grass like a cow. You'll be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven periods of time will pass while you live this way until you learn that the Most High rules over the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he chooses. But the stump and the roots of the tree were left in the ground. This means that you will receive your kingdom back when you have learned that heaven rules. So the message from God through Daniel is very clear here. King Nebuchadnezzar at the height, he is at the height of his rule with much success and incredible power. And Nebuchadnezzar still thinks it was all due to his own wisdom, all due to his own skill, all due to his own shrewdness, not in any way due to the hand of the most high God who allowed Nebuchadnezzar to have these triumphs. All right, now, again, we need to look at a very important phrase in verse 25. Seven periods of time. That means seven years. In the book of Daniel, anytime the word time is used in its singular use, the singular word time means one year. So seven periods of time means seven years. All right, so keep that in mind as we proceed through Daniel, because that's going to come up a lot when we start to merge it with, uh, with Revelation. And we'll get into that a little bit later in Daniel 7. 
and, and how it moves, uh, weaves into Revelation. All right, verse 25. <clears throat> he will defy the Most High and oppress the holy people of the Most High. He will try to change their sacred festivals and laws, and they will be placed under his control for a time, times, and half a times. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm borrowing from Daniel 7 there. I, I, I time warped you. All right, so that's reading from Daniel 7, a little bit ahead of time. Verse 25, Daniel 7. He will defy the Most High and oppress the holy people of the Most High. He will try to change their sacred festivals and laws. Now, here we go. And they will be placed under his control for a time, times, and half a time. So here, and I'm just using this as an example from a future chapter of Daniel, Time is one year. Okay, so for a time, that's one year. Times, that means two years, and half a time, which is six months. So you add that up, and in Daniel 25 here, it's referring to three and a half years. Now, from our study of Revelation, what's three and a half years? Half of the trivial, half of the tribulation period. So you see how all this is is interconnecting here. Fascinating. So we'll connect the dots a little bit later with uh, with Revelation as well. All right. So uh, continuing on in in our chapter four here with Daniel. Pastor Mike. A, yes, go ahead. I have a question that could be a little off, but you did mention it earlier. Um, that's. Um, I, I've been looking at this term cancel culture, hadn't really got a handle on it yet. Um, but you mentioned about uh, history, you know, that he keeps, he wants to, Daniel not to, um, he wants him to leave everything he knows behind. So I want to know um, what is the purpose of that now? I mean, they want to cancel culture now. You hear it all the time now. So what is the purpose? And where in history does that happen a lot? Uh, it Well, okay, let me, let me go back to the uh, Soviet Union's archipelagos. Let me bring it. Well, let me bring it to... Uh, today in um well let me go back to the vietnam war yeah the, the 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 purpose of the tortures and such was to take the united states of america training military training cancel it out and replace it with allegiance brainwashing um to the will of the perpetrators to the controllers so to say so okay to yeah today in uh, in china the um uyghurs right uyghurs thank you i was looking for the word thank you very yeah. much see i'm getting older with the birthday tomorrow my synapses can't <laughs> remember stuff all right so the uyghurs thank you Lori. Lori is so much younger than i she's still you know 32 yeah, yeah. i don't know how i got older but you know there you go <laughs> All right. <laughs> so uh, the Uyghurs in China, they're being horribly abused as, as, as far as we can tell. And, and there's uh, attempts at brainwashing to cancel who they are 
and replace who they are with what the Chinese want them to be. So Nebuchadnezzar was doing the same thing, or he tried the same thing with Daniel, uh, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, although they're, those are their new Babylonian names. Um, so he was trying to take away their Jewishness, uh, their Jewish faith, their Jewish God, their Hebrew God, and replace all of that with the Babylonian gods and the Babylonian knowledge and the Babylonian culture. And so there is no accident that, that Nebuchadnezzar, um, named, when he renamed Daniel, the Belteshazzar, that the first three letters, Bel, is the god, the chief god of the Babylonians. So he, Nebuchadnezzar, even went to the lengths of renaming Daniel with the name of the main god so that he would try to cancel out everything that, that Daniel was in terms of his allegiance to Yahweh, the Most High God. Now, in terms of what's happening politically right now, in terms of cancel culture, it's a, it's a case of some large businesses and powerful people and politicians saying, if you don't agree with me, if you don't use the words I use, if I object to your position, I'm going to cancel you out. I'm going to make it so you can't work. I'm going to take away this, um, this, this new social media that you came up with. Uh, if, if you, and whatever it is, if you don't act like, talk like, agree with me, I'm going to cancel you out so that you have zero influence. And whatever you brought into the mix will no longer have any influence at all. And it's the model that uh, that uh, you know authoritarian governments have have used for millennia, going back to uh, King Nebuchadnezzar. It's yeah. uh, almost like it's almost like uh, brainwashing again. Back if you think back to the Vietnam era. Yeah. And, and the guys that withstood it. And, you know, I didn't I didn't necessarily agree, not necessarily. I didn't agree with John McCain's politics, but he really was a hero for withstanding uh, the torture that he went through in those uh, prisoner of war camps during the, the Vietnam War. Those guys were subjected to just horrible things to try to get them to deny what they knew was true and to replace it with what their oppressors wanted them to think. That was a really long answer to but, a very short question. Well, that is very good because uh, it, I mean, I understand that kind that, of course, I'm not, I, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to that going on now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I see and I hear enough that I and I know. Right. <laughs> uh, but what it'll it will help me when I hear it to try to put it together because uh, I wasn't real sure where are they going with this, and I've heard you use it many times on the radio program, 
And so um, that will help me because I understand it in this. So then, uh, of course, see, I, I sort of get it because re leading up to the Antichrist, he's going to well, want all of us to think and do like he does. That's right. what I was saying. Isn't, yeah. that, isn't that what is going to happen to us? And the yes. and believers, it's because we are not going to be able to um, uh, purchase food. We're not going to be able to travel. We're not going to be, there's a lot of things. Isn't that basically, yes, what's going to happen to us as Christians? Well, in the it, it, you're talking about uh, the world according to the Antichrist. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because the Antichrist is taking the place of Christ. Yeah. In his mind. And, uh, but the good news is that God wins. That but they have cancel us but they have to yeah, cancel yeah 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 we will be canceled yeah no or he'll try to he'll try to right he can't cancel us can't cancel us why well, he yeah yeah he why can. why he can't us but he can't cancel god well if we're filled with the holy spirit and our salvation is for eternity, we don't get canceled. That would be like the guys in Vietnam. They didn't get canceled because they held to what they knew was true. Exactly. Yeah. And yes. And yes. so, and, and that's, you know, I, I think that's, and, 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 you know, again, my friends, <laughs> my bent is to see the glass half full. One of the things that I learned 40 some odd years ago, going through the LA County Sheriff's Academy, was that your mindset takes you where your mind intends to go. If yeah. your mind now, because I were, I've never been very athletic. Uh, most of you know that <laughs> I've never been very athletic for me to get through the LA County Sheriff's Academy <laughs> and the, the, and I, man, I hated physical training. We had to run. I was in the turtle club until I'm about a month before graduation. And the only <laughs> reason I got out of, I was able to graduate uh, with my certification as a police officer and get out of the turtle club was I set my mind to it. And I did not in my mind say, man, I can't do this. Yeah. I'm defeated in my mind. I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to make it and I'm going to do whatever I need to do to, to overcome my slowness. And I went through a lot of pain and suffering running the streets of Arcadia 40 years ago. <laughs> and, and it's funny because they, you know, they would have in the, in the Academy, they have your name emblazoned on your sweatshirt, both on the front and the back. And I'd be running through, through Arcadia and, and I'd be running by school buses and the kids would lean out and go, Douglas. Douglas! <laughs> and it, it, it helped me. Um, so I, I think, all to say 
it's it's a mindset and god talks about the renewing of our mind the rewiring of our mind i think the enemy wants us to feel defeated and if we stay there if we stay stuck in a defeatist attitude we will get canceled out but if we have that renewing of our mind and and let god rewire our synapses then regardless of what happens we have the assurance of eternal life we have the assurance that whatever we do god is with us the holy spirit is with us and whatever happens god's will is being done on earth as it is in heaven and to me hey if i need to take the hill and god destines that i in my earthly tent perish taking the hill so be it i'm going to take the hill but i'm not going to stay at the bottom of the hill and say man that hill's too big it's too tall it's too exhausting the people who are coming down the hill at me are too dangerous they're too powerful not going to do that I'm going to kick butt going up that hill and whether God chooses to, boy, I'm getting on a rant here, aren't I? Yeah. Sorry about that. Well, yeah. I will tell you getting that, way off here. That way is now that is what I'm thank you for getting on that rant because I don't hear it very often. And those are the things I would say. I am not going to just sit back and say, well, you know, I'm old. And so they'll just have to, They'll just carry me out of here. Forget it. I'm yeah. not old for one thing. <laughs> Good for you. Good for and you. So, uh, and I've read the end of the story. We win. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we win. Yeah. So I just have to sort of put one foot in front of the other and do what God asked me to do today. So I appreciate your rant. And that helps me very much. <laughs> well, you know, lots of times I have... I have people around me that that's got Don't more answer. of a half empty glass. I have a I have a half full glass. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's it really comes down and I have to I've had to discipline myself to see the challenges through God's eyes because yeah. a message is sent through the skirmishes no matter what negative stuff is happening even if people are trying to cancel us out god's at work and as our friend dr michael wright often advises let's go see what god is up to that's right yeah uh, and that's a matter of praying on a regular basis lord let me see the situation before me through your eyes not my own yeah. Because my eyes have filters on them. Yeah. Right. My eyes don't see things clearly. And that doesn't mean because of my bad <laughs> eyesight and contacts. Uh, but the, it, yeah. it means I need to constantly go to God and say, okay, let me see this through your eyes. And then I can understand why you have me here. And yeah. whether I get sucker punched or whether you allow me to overcome, 
or whether I graduate to heaven in the process, you're doing something at this point. Um, Nate Saint and uh, Jim uh, Elliott, <laughs> right? The plane crashes and the natives murder them. But then look what happens yeah. to the uh, native Indian population there. Uh, anyway. Well, I tell you, lots of days. I have days. Yesterday was one of them. No, not yesterday. I guess it was Friday. That I would say, why would I even be still living? So that I could sit here in this chair and look at the TV. Mm. And um, I talked to God most of the day and mm. went to sleep. Yesterday, I had a great day. Somebody calls me and they, they're glad I'm here because they call me. And so, okay, God, whatever you have, I figure, you know, he's in charge of my day. I'm assuming he's not ready for me to die yet. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm not exactly sure why. <laughs> See, I, and, and that, well, and we're, we're getting a little astray here, but that's okay. We've not been given a spirit of fear. Yeah. That the whole, it, when we feel fear, and I mean, I don't mean fear in terms of fearing God, that that's about respect for who he is and his omnipotence and omniscience and omnipresence and sovereignty, etc. But what I'm saying is when we feel fear, that's the enemy. Yeah. That's not the Holy Spirit because the whole, God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. He gives us a spirit of shalom, that holistic peace, knowing that the Holy Spirit is in indwelling us, and the Holy Spirit gives us an extra dose of his presence when needed, and that God is true to his promises. And that all sounds really great. And you're saying, well, Mike, what, what do you mean? You never have fear? You never think negative? No, I, I, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I have the antidote. And, yeah. and I, I'm reminded that God doesn't give us a spirit of, a spirit yeah. of fear and why. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I don't know if that's helpful to anyone. Or that not, is very but, helpful to me. Um, I don't know about anybody else. Um, living here alone and not having a lot of communication with people, hmm. it's just good to have those right. kind of encouraging words <laughs> thank you Good. thank you well, I tell you that you are being used because michael hasn't um, brought people up to date um i don't think honey on um the radio program and when we ask for prayer for protection um we know that immediately as people were praying that um God put a hedge of protection around mm -hmm. uh, the program and around Michael. And so we know how important you are um, because we could physically feel it. Yeah. Amen. Well, I every think I, I try to make sure, you know, I listen every day. I don't always, every once in a while I miss it or every once in a while I think, I don't want, this isn't interesting to me. This topic but, isn't interesting, yeah. Yeah, but 
I want you to, I, uh, it, my alarm is set on my phone. It goes off at three and I have to make a decision. A couple of mm. times I've not been home, but. Well, and you know, I want as, you to know uh, I'm out here listening. Thank you. Um, and, and you're praying. And you're, yes. and that, listen, I, I thank you for your prayers. Yeah. Um, and we're, we're going to conclude here because I've got another at least half hour, 45 minutes. Of uh, Daniel I'm sorry. And, I got off. And we're, we're going to, no, 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 no. That's, that's good. Questions are good. That, that, well, that's... I thought of it several times and you mentioned it and I thought, well, yeah. I'll just... I always want all of you to bring up questions when, when God brings them to your mind. That's how we learn from each other. Well, I think uh, it's interesting, this cancel culture thing. When you look at it, um, I mean, we this term is just came up in our vocabulary this year. Right. And it's happened back in these times. So it's good for me to be able to, uh, you know, take cancel culture and put it over here or vice versa so that I can see it see how the word applies to me today. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me conclude just with a postscript. Um, and, and Lori, thank you for bringing that up. Your prayers have made the difference with this radio program. And just Thanks. let me review very quickly. Give me maybe two minutes if you can. Um, this is not about me having a radio program. Although a year ago, I thought maybe that's what it was about. God made it really clear in January leading up to mid-February when we launched it, that this wasn't about me at all. This was about God wanting to use a secular radio station to bring a mission of being a man of peace to a culture that hates each other, literally. And to also be kind and non-threatening to people with opposing views. And we've endeavored to do that. I don't hang up on people. Uh, there have been people who've called with opposing views and I let them air them. And yeah, you uh, do. sometimes I'll, I'll say, you know, I, I, I can see where you're coming from. In fact, uh, Jerry from Friday brought something yes. up that I hadn't thought about. <laughs> yeah, and that was good. Uh, other times it's been, uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't agree with you, but thank you for calling and, and, mm -hmm. you know, God's message to me is, show them the same kind of grace that I show you yeah. and be a man of peace, not a man of irritation. Now, people are going to be irritated by me. Uh, I've been around long enough that I've ir irritated a lot of people <laughs> over the years, sometimes intentionally, sometimes not intentionally. But the purpose of the radio program is to allow God, it, same, it, it's the same mission with funerals for me. It's allowing God 
to take over flow through me and I do my best to stay out of his way and just respond with responses that would reflect his grace, his mercy, but also his truth. Sometimes when you announce truth, people get mad and I, you know, they, they put Jesus to death for expressing yeah. his truth, right? And he rose again. So neener, neener, neener on that. <laughs> but uh, so anyway, uh, all to say that the radio show has, has a mission attached to it that has nothing to do with me, really. It has to do with God wants to use it for. And um, so I would ask for your continued prayers as you may re remember them um, for protection. I mean, I got serious threats from people who carry guns and have shot people before. Um, and that's been quieted. Uh, we got attacks on ABC uh, from people that just are mean. And that's pretty much died down in in general uh and we know more attacks will come but right now it's it's very peaceful and that's because of your prayers and the prayers of some others so please continue to pray for our protection physically and spiritually and that i will not get in god's way for the purposes that he wants to use the radio show for that is very poor grammar for a radio show host, but you probably get the get the idea. Okay, so anyway, thank you for your- Well, I truly appreciate when the guy, there was somebody that said it on Friday that uh, they appreciate the fact because a lot of the things that you talk about, you know, I don't even know anything about, or or it doesn't pertain to like sports for kids. I mean, yeah. I don't have none of that going on in my life. So I'm apt not to listen. I mean, not pay attention. Right. So I, but because I listen to you, then I'm more aware of what's going on outside my door. I mean, if I don't do that, I, my whole world just shrinks down to nothing. Mm. So mm. I really appreciate yeah. you keeping my world open mm. with a lot of safety around it. <laughs> I don't go. have to go out there walking. <laughs> well, I, I've, I've kept, you way over here for a couple minutes uh lori would you uh sure would you mind closing us in prayer <clears throat> dear only father thank you so very much for this study um that reminds us that um the cancel culture was back in daniel's day and even before daniel and and uh so lord even if um man decides to cancel us that um you uh, will ultimately win and that will um, we just ask that each of us would be um, able to withstand uh, what comes our way knowing that there will be great tribulation and um, uh, that there already is um, waged against uh, believers in America currently we thank you Lord that um, that we can look at this we can look at Daniel and, um, and can use him as a blueprint in our life for somebody that stood against um, uh, very, very powerful men um, and other people 
and um and kept their um and kept their uh, relationship with you um intact and always made you first and we thank you for that reminder we thank you for um pastor michael and um not only his preparation but just as it helps us uh, contextualize um the uh the bible we pray blessings on him tomorrow on his birthday we pray lord that you would just continue to bring uh, uh blessings uh to you um through his radio program uh we thank you lord for um our uh, again just the opportunity to be together and uh we ask these things in your name amen